0: We need, we need that external view um, because Kaizen is only improving the current system. We need to see what's outside our current system. So if we get really good at communicating our needs and you're working with the startups who can meet these needs, it's, it's an obvious marriage waiting to happen.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings podcast where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Man, I don't know about you, but if you haven't been sweating out of excitement for the last two weeks about what Ben's been bringing to the to the table, yeah, you, you gotta figure something else out in life. Ben has been so gracious with giving us some insight as to life innovation, but also innovation within the corporate sense. And with that, Ben. Can you give us a quick elevator pitch about what we've covered thus far? Because I know you've shared a lot of wisdom and sometimes we can have information overload without the port in the back of our heads. So <laughs> catch us up to speed if you don't mind.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be here again. Um, so excited to share more about innovation as a system. Um, as innovators, we're working on systems. So our So is everyone else in our organization. They're working on our system. That system for Toyota is manufacturing mobility and delivering mobility. Um, For another organization, uh, your system may be delivering an app or whatever. So all of these systems have a fundamental limit. We've got to know where we are in respect to that fundamental limit because the work we need to be doing is very different depending on where we are on this S-shaped curve going from system launch to system death. So um, fundamental limits of systems was important part of when we talk, uh, of the innovation story we've been telling here. Um, knowing who should be working on what part of your system at, at any given time in its life cycle is important. We talked about uh, Dr. Curtin's adaption innovation inventory and why it's really important for leaders to understand the cognitive diversity of their teams and to manage that. Putting people in the right place to be successful so your uh, system can be successful. So we also talked about um, uh, how large organizations can get trapped on the adaption end because a lot of adaption is required to build scalable systems. And when they get stuck in adaption, it's hard for them to swing over to innovation. It's a big pendulum swing. It's It's the new driver overcompensating with the steering wheel. And so in pursuit of what has been called the ambidextrous organization, we want to get really balanced with our adaption and our innovation problem-solving skills and styles and so we can move our organization with just a tiny turn of the wheel. So I think that's where we left off. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about um, who innovates because we talked about the celebration of innovation and innovators in America, and not all cultures celebrate um, innovators more than they do adapters. So um, who innovates in your organization in a startup? the startup world, almost everyone's an innovator. Yeah, so Startups are packed with-
2: We're sitting in a building of innovators. Well, it, yes. It, it
1: is crazy. I think we have 12, 15 people on our team and then interns when they, when they join us. Mm-hmm. And everyone has their own sole responsibility, but we're so driven to, hey, I want to figure that out for myself versus let me go ask this person or that person for their approval to mm-hmm. either say yes or no before Absolutely. I do it. And it, so that really
0: helps. the The Curtain Adaptation Innovation Inventory points out that um, innovators have no problem bending the rules or just stepping around such rules when they need to. Um, we can be really dangerous, and we need the balance of people who are more on the adaptation end of the scale. And it's taken me a long time to realize that. I could tell you a horrible story about having the solution for healthcare and. Personally guaranteeing loans to buy medical clinics and then watching it all go up in flames, but I don't want to bore you, and I also don't want to go relive that painful experience without mm. some bourbon. Um, <laughs> back, so, back to the so who innovates? Well, the, the innovators um, tend to want to do this kind of work, but they need to bring people who are strong in adaptation along with them, because you're gonna like so you're gonna be running around with your hair on fire and you're gonna be pursuing a breakthrough idea. Have those adaption folks close because they're going to follow right along and help build the processes and the systems to actually get your idea out into a large number of customers. So that's sort of my rant on, um, on who innovates. We all do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Adaption and innovation, we're all going to be part of launching a new system. The type of work we're doing to go from idea to launch requires both the innovation folks and the adaption folks.
1: I think something that struck me literally as you just said this is Who the people have to be the ones who lead the innovation, but going back to last episode, we talked about this happy moment or this happy accident, whatever, at the right timing. Who is the person that, from your experience at Toyota, maybe has led the innovation after this what or when happened? They they caught wind of it maybe early, and they thought, "Oh, this is about to happen. We need to act fast."
0: You know, I can think of a couple couple examples at at Toyota. Um, And Toyota's approach to innovation, you know, may of course it's it's. Peculiar to Toyota. But if you think back, what, 20 years ago when they launched Prius. 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so in the first hybrid 20 years, ago. the first, you know, commercially wow. successful hybrid vehicle. Um, and so, so, yes, Toyota knows how to innovate. Um, if you think about the launch of Lexus, I mean, crazy. You were going to go from... Um, From your 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 mid-market sweet spot of vehicles and launch a luxury brand. I mean, that's a break, that's breakthrough thinking right there. So um I I can't go into all the names of all the people who are involved in those, but those examples um bring a few things to my mind is uh Toyota has innovated um by taking groups of really strong innovation types and separating them from the main business. And that's been Toyota's approach, and I, I think we probably need to integrate that more with the main business. But um, that's an example of how Toyota has approached it in the past. I think we're trying to figure out how do we make innovation part of our daily work, as opposed to um, you know launching a new brand or or breakthrough vehicle every twenty years or so. Yeah, so but is, it's 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 what we're working on. It's what we're working yeah, on that today.
1: That's very cool.
2: Sure. I I want to well, I guess not go back. You really kind of brought it up again of of, uh, valuing both the breakthrough and the incremental and the value of having them in the same room. I think so much of what we learned through a lot of the venture labs workshops that we did last year was that, um, we, we did a lot of back and forth with the companies. So for those of you who don't know, venture labs did basically a one day hackathon, these innovation workshops where he helped people come up with ideas, iterate on them, and then pitch them back to executives. And, um, Tony Schmidt, our sort of entrepreneur in residence who taught those classes, he's our one of our favorite stories. He has his own startup, worked at Microsoft, and is now running his startup full-time called Greek Track. A little shout-out. Um, he also just had a baby, second shout-out, sweet sweet baby so, Tony's Alex. Tony's living his best life. I know, <laughs> sweet You're baby, baby Alex. <laughs> um, but he is so passionate about not – and I'm not trying to push back on what you're saying, but he is passionate about not isolating mm-hmm. the who who we assume will be the big thinkers. And sure. I think that's what he would say is who we assume it will be. But offering that ideation to everyone, because mm-hmm. who better than to come up with ideas and the people who are on the front lines. And I think what I love so much about Toyota, the Toyota way, is that truly, and I, I wonder if maybe you don't, I think you know how special it is, but What you guys do with Kaizen is so special that companies don't do that. Anyone can suggest an idea and it it may be implemented and it it is encouraged to be implemented because the, you know, the engineers, the people who are developing and dreaming, they they don't know what's going wrong on the line as much, right? Because they're mm-hmm. not twisting sure, twisting sure. when the car comes each time and so I love kind of how you're bringing together that celebrating both ends. And I don't know that they always have to be in the same room. Maybe adopters and innovators aren't always in the same room, but sometimes I think that that's the sweet
0: spot. Yeah, you you've hit on something of course right at the heart of Toyota. Um the first pillar of Toyota is respect for people. And mm-hmm. the second pillar is continuous improvement. So respecting the individuals' abilities, problem-solving styles, all of that is is a priority at Toyota. I think I think we need to do better than to pull a bunch of gurus out, innovation gurus out, and have them work on our big problems. I think to the point of your entrepreneur in residence, um, <laughs> there's I'm 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 opposed to the idea of innovation guru. We need to teach everyone the skills for innovation, and I think again, a shout out to Awesome Inc. and the the work you're doing at Venture Labs and helping to bring these skills to corporations is essential because you equip everyone at your organization to innovate. Some of them may be on the adaption end. They can still innovate. It'll be harder for them. They will have to bring some coping um, skills with that, but they may really be passionate about an idea. And if you've given them the skills, they deserve the opportunity to bring those innovations forward. And that's certainly something Toyota encourages with the Kaizen is anyone. Anyone sees an opportunity to improve something, they bring it forward.
2: And maybe they're not the ones who who build the idea, but mm-hmm. at least to put the post-it note on the table. I think that even that. Maybe to your point, and I think you're almost giving me and, and us at Venture Labs a better language for. It's not that we're trying to democratize the idea of mm-hmm. an innovator, not not even with leadership. That's one of my pet peeves. And we're like, everyone's a leader. Well, you're not. You need first followers. You need mm-hmm. fo- those are just as important as leaders. You can't have all innovators. Sure, but an adapter can give an idea to an innovator and then say, "Let me know when you need me."
0: Well, your adapter just became a leader if they have a really great idea, but they know that their problem solving style is more towards adaption, then they're probably going to find someone closer to the innovation side and say, I've got this great idea, can you help me bring it forward? Mm. And they may still be part of the activity in, in, in um, implementing because that's their strength, but they've just become a leader because they've brought an idea forward and said, hey, I need your help because I know I can't take this all the way. I think, uh, I, I think we, we all have to be leaders at different times and, and we, we, corporations that just point to senior managers as leaders. You know, end right. up end up um, robbing their teams of the opportunity to bring these ideas forward.
1: That was good. This is this is great, Liz. You asked a a question right there that made me think of why why we even want to have venture labs be a thing. Because mm. so many times we've talked with our friends in our community, who they wonder why their company is outsourcing somebody to come in and not realize, hey, we have problems within the company that we are trying to solve, but no one's listening to my voice. Mm. And yeah, that's where Mike and you have done a great job of stepping in, helping people feel valued and their problems, frustrations, whatever it may be, be heard. So then their team, their management, their leadership can realize, oh yeah, we do have things and people within who are having great ideas. Why not look here first?
2: Right. Now it reminds me of, Speaking going all the way back to jargon, this is this is deep into the jargon, but we often call them intrapreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so often I think at a company, you get into a mindset of you've got your role and that's what you do. But in fact, you can act, you can think like an entrepreneur at your company, and that's what we so deeply believe in. At Venture Labs is helping people think entrepreneurially, um, and maybe that means you spin off and start a new company within your company. Sure. Maybe that means you come up with the next great incremental change. But that on that the startup lifeblood is what we kind of want to give to the corporate world, mm-hmm. um, and I think sort of where we exchange ideas is because startups learn from corporation. I mean, it's like you said at the very beginning, startups are not great at scaling and maintaining. They have to bring in other people for that. No offense to our founders out there. We love you. We're thankful for you. Um but I just I love I love these the convergence um of these coming you know, together. I,
0: I I'm I'm sort of future casting for venture mm. labs here. We're I mean deep
2: deep into the jargon now. <laughs> future casting.
0: <laughs> you better check and see if there's a trademark on that. We, we We're good. Just, I,
1: I did a quick Google search.
0: Okay. So we can claim it? Okay. Um, we we
1: well, owe apologies
2: to Toyota Toyota. <laughs> Toyota, and FutureCast. We're sorry.
0: Um, so Venture Lab is bringing innovation skills to corporations. It's just, that that's your objective. I think that's fantastic. Also teaching corporations how to do the strategic problem exploration, which you know, we're, we're trying to learn how to do a better job of that. Toyota, what I see in the future is if I get really good at strategic problem exploration, I can really, really define my problem in a clear and compelling way. In a fairly brief way, I, I sort of bring this catalog of problems to a venture labs and your network of startups start looking at my strategic problems saying, hey, I think we could tackle this one or at least help or at least get part way down the road. I mean, that's the ecosystem I see um, um, happening here. And it's so exciting because we need, we need that external view. Um, because Kaizen is only improving the current system, we need to see what's outside our current system. So if we get really good at communicating our needs, and you're working with the startups who can meet these needs, it's it's an obvious marriage waiting to happen.
2: You, I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> I mean, really, that that is what we have sat around, and and that's what we see in other startup communities that have these beautiful relationships with corporate companies where it's it's a both sides benefit. Is it symbiotic? I never remember that. Is it?
0: Uh, i believe i, li- I think believe that's what I'm looking uh what i synergistic or synergist
2: Center, center, just synergy, synergy, sure. some, some fancy word that yeah, could yeah. be. Both sides benefit. I yeah, get
0: the bourbon. We'll find it out. Yeah.
2: But truly, that's that's what we want to see is is our founders knowing knowing the engineers and the CEOs and and this because that's that's what we spent not 10, 11 years Eleven. building.
1: Yes, you're right.
2: Is a, is an ecosystem. You'll hear us use that all the time. You've used it. It's it's the bigger picture of how do we and ultimately to really bring it full circle. It's about growing Lexington, growing Central Kentucky, growing Georgetown, growing Kentucky as a state. And that requires all of these coming together.
0: I have a quick case study um, of how Toyota worked with a startup, and then led to a, a product with a larger organization. Um, mm. And I won't go into a lot of details because not all the IP, not all the ink on the sure. patents are dry. Very good, sure. Um, but we were working with four sensors, and we uh, worked with a startup that had some new technology. And it was really fascinating. We learned a lot. In fact, we learned so much that some of our engineers figured out how to improve um, the. Uh, data they were getting from these sensors by using certain types of substrates. Um, That led us to create some patents around this because it was a dramatic improvement in the performance of these force sensors. That led to us talking to a large global organization that wanted to manufacture some products with these improved um, force sensing abilities, and um, they may have a product on the market uh, next year. um, But it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't Mm. connected with the really smart folks doing really bleeding edge stuff in the sensor space at startup out, out West.
2: Love that. That's, that's the case study. That's the case study of our dreams. All right. Do you have any other questions, Garrett? I do. I have like personal questions. spiritual questions, professional.
1: Um, actually, I actually have all those Liz cries when she talks. And so when she said, I have tears in my eyes, <laughs> she was not lying. They were, they were <laughs> glistening a little bit, but yeah, before we wrap up, Liz, I'll let you have the last word. Cause this is, this is your platform. I'm just helping you yeah. <laughs> give her the message. Yeah, Ben, we ask a few questions as we wrap up our time together with any guest, and you have been more than a guest. You're practically family at this point. And there are a few things I want to know about you specifically, still focused on what we've been talking about with venture labs and corporate innovation, and yes, this S-curve. What do you do, maybe one, two, three, five habits, whatever it may be, that you think make you successful in your line of work?
0: I think it's got to be developing the empathy muscle. Okay. Oh, that's um, good. I am I'm always sensitive to where someone is trying to get a job done or struggling in some way. And this personal life, professional life, it, in fact, an example at Toyota, um, we, we came across uh, uh, an organization out of the University of Delaware that helps um, little kids, zero to three, with severe mobility challenges. And what they do is they customize little ride-on toys. So yeah, yeah. That's we, adorable. We, I love that. We are hacking a hundred um, toy tundras uh, for kids with these mobility challenges. And that, that's a great example yeah. of innovator yeah. and adapter. Yeah. I had an idea. I shared it with some people. It's obviously a, a, a heart throbbing issue here, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So I had people, adapters just line up to help build the process so we could identify these little ones, customize a toy tundra, and give them, um, access to mobility for the first time. So empathy is probably the, the muscle I work on keeping toned mm-hmm. more than obviously more than any other muscle I, I have.
1: I was going <laughs> to ask a really bad joke and tell me, or have you point to where your empathy muscle is hoping you'd be like, Oh, it's my right <laughs> bicep. But yeah, that was lame. Ben, wow. You're, I could talk to you all day. This is great. We'll do this after the show as well. Last question for me, then Liz take it away. This is, again, a podcast, a community, or a podcast, excuse me, focused on our larger startup ecosystem, as Liz just mentioned, for both Central Kentucky, but also Kentucky as a greater whole. With that, you are an innovator through and through. This question is usually for entrepreneurs, so I'm going to ask this in a lens for an entrepreneur, but what is something you know now at your prime age of 28, maybe 28 and a half, <laughs> that you would like to tell your younger self as you started in the engineering field, but also in the innovative field where you work with different entrepreneurs, startups, whatever it may be, what is your one or two pieces of advice that you wish you would have known back then?
0: I, I think from the innovation perspective, share your ideas sooner and more broadly, because you're not going to do it by yourself. You're not. It, it, it's not going to happen. You're, it's going to take a team. Um, and I know people get really freaked out. Well, someone will steal my... No, they're not going to steal your idea. It, it's not going to happen. Um, if they knew how much energy it was going to take to get your idea off the ground, they would give up. You won't because you're going to make this idea happen, but you need a team. So find those adaption-oriented folks. Find those folks that love your idea and want to support it because they'll build the process to make it happen. Share earlier And more broadly. Wow,
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I would be honored to be a Scottie Pippen, and you can be MJ. (laughs) So, with that, Liz, take it away.
2: No, Ben, I just want to say thank you. I think as we talk about this community from both Mike and I, as we're building Venture Labs, meeting you has just been such a burst of energy for us, and realizing, oh my gosh, there's other people out there. I think it's I'm gonna butcher this. I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote where he said, "Friendship is when you look at someone, you say, oh my gosh." Me me too." too. And that's just how we feel about you. You care about corporate innovation. We're so glad. Not only are you in our community, but you're in Kentucky that you're here. So thank you for coming and, and Absolutely.
0: sharing. I am so glad to have uh, been connected with this, with my innovation posse. <laughs> so so <laughs> that'll, do, do, be,
2: that'll be the next. That'll be the podcast we <laughs> launch next. Thanks, Ben.
1: that's it guys thank you so much for checking out this episode of awesomings podcast and another quick thank you to lee rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in this show lastly give us a follow on instagram facebook all that jazz or even better come on down to our space come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together you guys rock we'll see you next time